Oh. Hey, stop. I see you, uh, fading away from me now. Uh, this is the Dirk Nowitzki edition. Not that I'm going to talk about Dirk Nowitzki, but it's episode 41. And somehow I have to make a shameless connection to every episode number. And that connection can only last for so long, because once you get into triple digits, um, not many things relate. Not many things relate. Welcome to episode 41 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Clint. And today, I look like I am in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in high school. And I wake up at 7 a.m., pretend to go to some morning where we... Talk about Moses in the cafeteria. Talk about giving back. And then we hand out Chick-fil-A biscuits to dry everyone's throat to start the day. That's what I look like. I look like I wakeboard after school. For sport. Not even for fun. Because, you know, I'm a fun guy. No, I'm not going to make a fun guy reference that has been um, beaten to death. Thank you, Kawhi Leonard. We have so much in common. Except the ginormous hands, the great basketball skills, the, uh, you know, we're both down to earth, though. We're both uh, quiet guys. Um, You got a deeper voice, but you know what? We both got deep hearts. Both have our hearts in the right places. We both don't trust doctors, even the ones that are supposed to be in our best interest. You know, he had a bad experience with the Spurs because a team doctor, he didn't trust them. And you know what happened? My first time I ever went to Kaiser Permanente, shout out, even though you're not going to really want to shout out in about 20 seconds when I explain what happened on my first visit to Kaiser Permanente. So, um, went to Kaiser Permanente, something was wrong with my feet, a little, like a little fungus under the big old left toe, and I uh, went there. Set an appointment. I wait in the weight triage thing for like 20, 30 minutes. Not a big deal. I even over the phone, I asked like, hey, I have this. They're like, oh, yeah, you need to come in and get that checked out. So I come in. The lady comes in. She's like, all right. You could tell she felt like she had somewhere better to be, even though she's, you know, at work being a doctor. Um, So I... Using my Kaiser Permanente new insurance. And she sits there tells me, take it off. Good thing I knew what she meant. Because, you know, without context, I could have went south real quick. Except my mom was right there. So I doubt I would have assumed that. So I took my socks off. And she looks at it. She grabs my hand like it's a pomegranate. She's looking at it, scoping it out. And uh, she says... I don't know what you want me to do about it. I said, "Um, well, you could start with giving back my $30 co-payment for one. And uh, you have just proved all the stereotypes that Kaiser Permanente already had beforehand. When I think of Kaiser Permanente, I think of people that have a knee, like uh, people that have bad bones. And you go there and... You're probably having some uh, weak bone structure, probably knees collapsing. You just need to get a little bit more milk, right? And then all of a sudden, 
they look at my feet and they say, eh, go fuck yourself. And I was like, ah, I wonder where it all started. Now you guys know where the go fuck myself will uh, really all started. So she's like, well, I can hand you a reference to a podiatrist. I'm like, why couldn't you just do that over the fucking phone? Shouldn't I have just gone there in the first place? And you know, common sense probably says, shit, you know what? You should probably go to the foot doctor in the first place. But I'm like, you know what? I have Kaiser Permanente. That's my health insurer. I get not free visits, but co-payments to get checkups. Cool. It's all family fucking plan. And then they tell, have me waste two hours of my day. I had to adjust some of my schedule that day just for them to say, huh, here's a reference to another place. It's like, all right, thanks, thanks. And that's where my trust issues start with doctors. But you know what? I don't want to, I want to have a positive podcast today. I don't want to talk about fucking uh, doctors and fucking me over. I don't even say fucking me over, but give them wrong impressions. Today's sponsor is uh, Ghost. New flavor today, Red Berry. I actually really fucking like it. Red Berry Sour Patch Kids Edition. Uh, keep bleeding. Keep, keep bleeding the love. Yeah. But, um, you know, they say one foot, life is just one foot in front of the other. And you just keep walking. You keep walking. As long as you keep walking in life. You can say you lived the best life you could. The second you stop walking is when you stop living. And you know what? I agree with that. But uh, what if someone on a bicycle runs over your left foot while you're uh, trying to get back in shape? And you're going for a jog. Your first jog... Um, probably in five or six months, your feet don't feel right, but you push through it and you know, you're starting to feel good. You two thirds through the workout, you're past the pain, pain, and you're just trying to, you're in that zone where it's like, can't get much worse. Might as well push myself till I can't be pushed no more. And then all of a sudden, uh, someone with a Schwinn bicycle, I don't think it was Schwinn, but for some reason, that's the only bike brand I can think of at the moment. And they run over your left foot while you're sitting there taking a water break. And it doesn't hurt. It's just more agitating, right? And ironically, it was over the same foot that my fungus was a couple of years ago. And they run over your foot. And you just look like, hey, man, what the fuck? But they just keep cycling. And you sit there, look at your foot and say, just keep one foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. I don't know. Today's a... Uh, can't complain. You know, I think overall, as a society today, I'm in a very positive mood. Very good mood. I had a very great talk with a friend of mine earlier. I'm not going to disclose everything we talked about, but... um. As usual, there's always racism involved. And you know what? I'm not going to talk about it on the pod yet. Not because I'm afraid to talk about it, but because I don't really want to even go down that tricky alleyway of 
racism and preferences and stuff we have heard. People, I wouldn't say like we're best friends with, but people that are associated with friends of ours and stuff they say, and we're just like, all right. But you know what? That's not my place to tell. It's not a... Everyone do your thing at the end of the day, I guess, you know? As long as you're not harming. Um, as long as you're not grabbing people's asses for no reason. Like that happened to me in a Target a year and a half ago. Just sitting there, um, getting some toilet wands. And someone was to magically hand around my left cheek. I felt insulted because they didn't even grab the good side. But you know what? Good. I guess I was a target of their affection. Should have just had a big name Alex on the back of my shirt. Which would be very weird for a person of that age at that time to have an Alex from Target t-shirt on the back. Um, I think it would be funny to go to like a place like Target and just wear, buy like a Target shirt, put a fake name tag, pretend you work there, and just have some uh, lovely... Lovely ladies. Um, ask you where the baby clothes are. And you have no idea. Because you didn't even bother to prepare to pretend that you worked there. You didn't even bother even to scout the area. I don't go to Target. That'd be fucking weird. Um, today's pod. Um, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't really... Shocker, Clint doesn't have a topic, so I'm just going to keep talking until the topic magically appears. Um, oh man, I'm drawing blinks, kind of like uh, when I try to draw a comparison. Sorry, Drake, I did steal that line from you. I think that's from uh, Western Road Flows, or it's You With Me, one of those songs. I, I draw a blank. Page when I try to draw a comparison. Um, I hope Certified Lover Boy does come out. I hope it's this week, man. Wait, today's Friday. Holy shit. It's probably not out. I would have got a notification. But yeah. Oh. Um, Team USA won the basketball Olympics. Luka Doncic got a max extension. Um, Kevin Durant extended, uh, we have, you know, some Lonzo Ball signed with the Bulls, we got DeMar DeRozan going to the Bulls, my prediction is I think they'll be a six seed, I think they're gonna have some really high offensive moments, but not consistent enough, and defensively, not gonna be great, um, Can I get your number? Yes, you can. I think I was just going to start asking random people for their numbers. Because in today's world, it is not normal for someone to... I wouldn't say not normal, but it's not um, the norm. Even though I think that's the same thing as normal. But, you know, it's more often people get people's numbers by social uh, interactions on the cell phone. And I think most people um, don't really, like, you know, I've spoken about this before. I don't think people really interact or really care to really have real social interactions. So when we do have social interactions, it's really like this out-of-body experience. 
Um, when I when I become a parent, I really feel like you have to make concerted efforts. It has to be like you have to have the same amount of effort in patrolling your kid and giving your kids a certain access to devices to you really have to limit it like you would candy like it's i think it's a bigger issue than young kids with sugar and you know obviously if you're on the app if you're on the phone on your laptop all the time you're probably gonna be just snacking on shit you shouldn't be and you know all that jazz um trombone oh he's looking sexy Shaxi. But uh I think I think as parents, I'm calling myself a parent, but I really think especially as time goes on and technology is going to become even more addicting than it is. I think you literally have to train your kids how not to be on this stuff. The same way you would teach them how to poop, same way you would teach them how to eat. Same way you would teach them how to talk, their alphabet, everything. Like, they should really be teaching, like, it should be actual incorporating the curriculum and actually learning to be without devices. What if, I know it sounds like a crazy theory because people are going to say, oh, uh, adults need uh, adults need to be able to reach their kids just in case and all this stuff. What if they made policies I know there's no phone policies, but you, you can't have your phone out, but they can't really make it where you can't have your phone. What if in elementary and middle school, if you start them at a young age, even if they have a phone per se, what if you made it where um, they had their, like the teacher had like cupboards or whatever, or had like a locked safe. And everyone had a little lock safe to put their phones in. Because, you know, if you put all your phones in one thing, um, it could actually blow up. Or you put all your phones in one thing, you have radiation craziness and batteries blow up. So, have each individual capsule where you put it in there. And at the end of the day, the teacher gives everyone back their phones. So, they're not on their phone during the whole, uh, the whole school day and everything. And I think what it will do, if you do that from kindergarten, well... Kindergarten shouldn't have a cell phone. Well, let's say from third, fourth, fifth grade, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. If you have that same policy throughout there, it will at least teach them. It will at least show them that the focus on the task, distractions, is your biggest enemy. And kids that age don't really know how to balance things. There's grown adults who can't even balance a lot of this stuff. I really think stuff like that should be incorporated into I don't care. Like, it shouldn't even just be private school. It should be public schools. I don't care when people say, oh, my, just in case, what if my mom or my dad texts me something? It's like, you're not talking to your mom about nothing of importance. If they need you, they will come to school, take you out of school, take you home, and then you can, you know, cry about Aunt uh, Louise dying. Oh, Seinfeld joke. Um... But I really think we need to start incorporating that part of the, incorporating that in the curriculum, learning in elementary and middle school for a lot of these things, because it's becoming a real problem, like no, no cap. I just hope that, 
I think it should be one of the main things. It should be like one of the first 10 things we learn how to operate, how we learn how to manage. The same way you would, you teach your kids moderation when it comes to food. You teach your kids, uh, you know, moderation when it comes to, you know, um, candy, which is food. God damn it, Clint. You're not in your A game today. Um, you teach your kid discipline. You teach your kid that, you know, repetition and practice is what makes you good at stuff. You know, moderation and discipline and practice. And a lot of kids don't learn that in general, but then you add this addictive device that takes really no effort or it's mindless to do and it's so mindless that it actually takes over your mind where you don't actually are able to focus on things that are important now at the end of the day i don't think it's a company's job to um, manage your lack of discipline on their app or your lack of discipline on their website it's like they're there to make money it's your job to be able to say no i need to stop for right now play for two hours I need to put it away it's not a game it's not a apps business to be like after two hours you can't play this game for another four hours like nah like unless you want to live in like China or North Korea where they make those decisions for you but I do think we owe it to the youth to actually teach them and we kind of missed the mark on this last generation and I think the only way we could really correct it and actually make this manageable manageable going forward is actually like starting next year. Everyone in like fifth grade, like seventh grade and below, you can still fix it. Make it where it's much stricter policies that you actually apply to. And if parents have an issue with them, tell them to go to another school. They're there to learn. But you know what? Probably not. What do I know? I'm just a guy who observes. I hope no one actually listens to this podcast. Of course, I'm going to post it because I'm a lazy fuck. And the worst part is when I was driving home, I'm like, man, I'm sharp. I got it going. But I guess I don't, but when I know you don't is when I show you home. Maybe time has an essence for you, but maybe life just isn't what you thought it would do. Can I hold your hand and we can get married? Even though I'm your stepbrother, we can keep it in the family. It's not wrong. Because it's not our fault that our parents decided to marry. We didn't ask for that, and they shouldn't interfere with us trying to marry. The more the merrier. My dad can walk down the aisle with you. And your mom can walk down the aisle with me so we can have cross jeans and we can have the X factor and we can have our autistic little daughter put the little flower petals falling behind us because since we crossbred inside of our own incest, we uh, cause a big dystopia in the female genes. And then she's going to grow up 
and wanna be a different sex because that's what's normal and that's okay because we should celebrate. But yeah, I don't know. Look at me being a fucking asswipe. Am I an asshole? I really don't think I am. Do I have asshole moments? Sure, like every other person. I think, alright, here, right, we may actually be on to something. It only took 20 minutes in to get some shit going, but I think what people need to realize is you can be called something, right? But it not be who you are, but it could be how you're acting. It could be what you are showing. Like if I call a girl, let me not make it girls specific. All right, let's say I, uh, let's say I call someone, um, a, an annoying, let's say I call someone an angry, annoying bitch, right? It could be we're in the line of Bath and Body Works, right? You know, she's uh, getting her cherry blossoms and, um probably also that time and I'm just in there getting my midnight Shyamalan summer edition but she drops her bottle and the, and the lotion goes all over the floor that's like 11 bucks full of lotion because you know gotta overprice it you know to make a profit which if you have to charge 12 bucks for lotion to make a profit either um you're scamming the fuck out of people or you need to really uh, look at the source where you're getting your lotion, because it's quality, but it's not a, it's not that quality. She drops it and she's like, "Oh fuck!" And then the lady at Bath and Body Works like, oh, "No, it's okay. We'll clean that up for you." She's like, "I'm so sorry." It's like, "Okay," and she'll be like, "She's like, sure, I'll get you another one. Don't worry." She go gets her another one. She's thankful, sorry for the mistake. She gets it to the register. They ring her up and she knows they charged her for one more bottle of lotion that she didn't get. She's like, oh no, I think you made a, I think you made a, made an error. I only had three bottles of this lotion. It's like, yes, but you did drop and break the bottle and all over the floor. So you do have to pay for it. And she's like, whoa, no, it was an accident. It wasn't on purpose. She's like. Yes, I'm sorry, ma'am, but, you know, we have to keep track of all product, and since it was technically your fault, you're technically responsible for it. And then she sits there, and she starts kind of, you know, being an angry bitch. Now, she gave a little episode, be mad about it, throw a little fit, whisper fucking Husband's credit card out of her wallet to pay for it real quick. Even though she's gaining points for, you know, luxury. And she gets 3% back anyway. So what the fuck is she complaining about? She pays for it. She tells she's unhappy. And she said, oh, don't worry. I will fill out the survey. And it's not going to be in your favor. Then walks out. Now you could say, bit of an overreaction. I understand she probably didn't want to pay for that bottle. But if the policy is the policy, then I guess that's the policy. And you could say that she was being an angry bitch. Does that mean she as a person is angry bitch? No. 
but she had a moment that would be considered being an angry bitch. That's not who she is, but she had a um, a moment that she may not be proud of. Whether she was justified or not, she's still being angry and she's still being bitchy about it. Alright, so let me personalize this, right? So let me make fun of myself. Uh, let's say that I... Let's say I woke up, right? My right knee is not feeling great. I get out of bed. I'm uh, kind of gingerly walking to the bathroom, brushing my teeth. Of course, with the right hand, as explained before. And, you know, elbow, side, gum, cheeks. Let me get up in them. And I'm doing my thing. And then I uh, accidentally, I slip on the towel that's on the floor. That's for when I come out of the shower. I slip, follow my ass on the side of the shower. Hurt my right tailbone. I get on the ground, and I start being like, Oh, nothing goes right for me. This is the worst morning ever. (laughs) Oh, Clint, you'll never get it together. Your life's miserable. Oh, help me. You would say, I'm a drama queen. I'm being a drama queen. I'm overreacting. I'm not handling the situation well. You can even say, I'm probably acting like a bitch. Does that mean I'm a drama queen? Does that mean that I'm a bitch as a person? Not in the slightest. But I'm having a moment that will quantify that. Now, if you have a consistent batch of those moments, then that's probably closer to who you are. Who you are the most consistent is who you are. But you are granted a couple spikes in the shitty meter. And that's okay. We all have moments where we lose our shit, get mad over things we shouldn't, lose our temper on people we shouldn't. What degrees you take to those, even if they are few and far in between, when you take certain things to certain degrees, then it's like, whoa. This may be closer to who you are than not. But if you just have little spikes in them, you know, it's like when you're taking a polygraph test and if you're telling you're steady, your heart rate, and you're telling the truth, everything will be there. The second that they feel a slight different in pulse, a slight different in blood flow, slight different in anything, when a question's asked and answered, and it starts go boom, boom, boom. When you consistently go boom, 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 that's when you're a problem. But when it's mostly true and you have a little spike, but then you come back down and listen. And you know what? Then that's okay. It's not who you are when you have those slight moments, but you had the moment. And all you could do is acknowledge when when you fucked up, when you overreacted, when you did some shit. Move forward and try best when that situation comes up again to correct it. That's all you can do. We're all human. Where was I going with this? But yeah. Being called something for a specific incident. That means for that incident you were that. It doesn't mean you are as an individual in that. The only way you would identify yourself as an individual is that is if you feel there's a lot of truth that that it applies to you. Even if you've hid it from the world in general. Like if you have a gay moment, right? 
let's say you make a uh, questionable observation of a uh, friend. Like, man, man, I really, I really admire your eggplant in your pants, big boy. And your friend's probably going to be like, uh, one, why are you staring like that? Two, even if you see it, you don't have to compliment me on it. You don't have to acknowledge it. Everyone sees what you're seeing, but they either just look in a way. But if you see it and you're doing then you start uh, pulling down your pants and you start Louis C.K.ing it in the middle of Zaxby's, then you know what? Probably like what you saw. And you probably uh, are not going to pay attention if they gave you the Zach sauces that you paid for. They're going to. You're going to just grab the meal and you're going to be distracted by this man's eggplant. But on a occasion, club, that's a Zaxby's Occasion Club reference, by the way, for the non-Southerners out there. If you, if you, um, if you sit there and stop what you're doing, and you start masturbating when you see some guy. It's like, oh, yeah, I think uh, I think you're in some territory. But if you just make, and if you're around your friends and you constantly make a lot of very um, pushing the envelope, getting a feel out there of uh, the temperature of the room when it comes to very very interpersonal gay jokes. Um, People are going to probably start questioning some things about you. It's like, hmm, you sure bring that topic a lot. And you're making a lot of observations that a straight man probably wouldn't make of their friends. But, you know, what do I know? If you were, it's like, but if you have a few blips in the radar, you know, you may be bi-curious. But, you know, which I think bi-curious, if I, if I was a gay person, right? If I was a gay person, hypothetically, but no, if I was a gay person or a bisexual and someone out and some dude I was talking to told me, I'm not gay. I'm not bisexual. I'm bi-curious. I'm like, do you stick dick and dude's asses? Be like. Well, yeah, but I'm not, like, gay. It's like, okay. Do you have dick stuck in your ass? Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm gay. It's like, I think it does. And I think, honestly, it's it's more disrespectful. It's like, you're trying to dabble in. You don't want to establish yourself in something. Because you feel like once you establish yourself in something, you can't turn back. Where it's like, if you say you're bi-curious, if I was bi or gay and some person said that, I'd be like... You know what? Get the fuck out, man. It's like dis- it's like disrespectful. If you want to be in the closet, then just be in the closet. But you're still gay. You're still bisexual. And that is fine. But don't sit here and try to dibble-dabble. Don't sit here and try to dip your toes in and think that someone's going to swallow your foot. No, that's not how this works. If you want to be immersed in the culture, immersed in the community, then immerse yourself in the community at your pace. But don't sit here and try to 
dibble-dabble, but then try to portray a certain way. That's just what I would think. I think it would be a little... I would be... If you want to talk about something to be, like, offended by. If I was gay or something, talking to some dude. And they're saying that, like, well, I don't know. By curious. I just want to know what it's like to suck a dick. It's like... Yeah, if you have desires to suck a dick, you're probably gay. And that's okay. Again, it is okay. But you can't say you have these thoughts. And then be like, you know what? But I'm not going to do it. And I get it. We all, not. I would say like 98% of thoughts that we think in the day, we're not going to do. It's probably good. Like people say, oh, just do what's on your mind. It's like, yeah, probably not. We would all get in a lot of fights. We would all shoot a lot of people. We would all uh, drive people off the road. We all just sideswipe people. We would all just like just beat people up just because if we just did what was on our mind every every second of the day, it would be a very dangerous place. No, it's called critical analysis. All right, assess the situation. Acknowledge. The possible repercussions if I do either or. Make an assessment. And then you deal with what comes with it. Risk assessment. This stuff's not that hard. But you know what? I'm gonna drop that topic and drop it like it's hot potato. I'm really relying on these drink breaks to get my thoughts together. Hey, there's my thoughts. Melissa, Marissa, and Carissa. The lovely ladies, the lovely thoughts. Those poor unfortunate baby daddy situations. They just need a little love in their life, and I'm here to make them happy. I guess you could say I got a happy feet. Haha. <laughs> Get it? Because of the fungus reference earlier. And um, I love playing with feet. I don't have a foot fetish, but I do uh, fetishize about feet. That's one of those... uh. You're saying the same thing, but you just reverse the words and it makes it sound like you're um, adding more adjectives and pronouns and subjects and verbs. And you're just inversing it and you make it sound sophisticated. That's the trick when it comes to being witty. Is all you do is inverse. You can, beginner Beginners to being witty and to being corny as fuck. Anytime someone says something sexy to you. And you're like, oh, I'll tuck in your shirt for you. And you'd be like, oh, I'll tuck your umbilical cord for you. See? You just say tuck in. You assess something that would apply to possibly them. And then, at the very least, you're original. By the way, don't ever tell someone to tuck in their umbilical cord because it doesn't make sense. And two, if you say it to them, they're going to be like, huh, mine never got cut. I wonder how how does that work? 
I've never like I get the umbilical cord. It's basically stuck to your uh insides. What happens if you don't cut it? Does that mean they're just hanging around like a swing set down there if they wanted to? Just attached to you just pull it up like some uh tag rope at field day. That used to be the main event at field day. And now it's just a uh, big old bouncy slides and fake horseshoes and uh Teenage pregnancies in the hay barn when it goes around the track. Oh, it's a beautiful world we live in. It's crazy that I actually didn't even realize school started back in all facets of life. Um, I've thought about recently, like, I've already made the mindset that I'm not going back to school. And that's a scary thing to think about loud to get serious about it. Um, because even though you know it's not, it doesn't make you feel really... I'll speak for me personally. I know getting you know, a degree or something, it's not going to really make me feel any better, more qualified in what I'm trying to do anyways. But... I, I think as you get older, you understand that people look at, even if you don't look at the degree, same thing. Like, if you're talking, like, I'll play this. If you go on a date with someone, first impression, and if you don't ask them about their education, you don't ask them about their degree and specifically, and the first thing they bring up is, oh, I have a bachelor. It's like, all right, tell me uh, three things about yourself. It's like... Uh, well, I like skiing. I have a bachelor's degree in Scientology. Well, not Scientology, because that wouldn't be quantifiable. That's about the equivalent of having a University of Phoenix. Which, by the way, shout out to the people. I know University of Phoenix and Everest College gets made fun of, but you know what? It's better than nothing. And cheaper. But when people say things like, uh, it's like the first thing... If the one of the first things they bring up of themselves is they start literally naming the degree they have. They don't even say the profession they have. They say, oh, I have a degree in this. Or really, I'll just say, like, if one of the first three things you talk about yourself is your job. Um, to me, not all the time, depending. But if I could tell, like, that's one of the things you hold on to about yourself and you define yourself by. To me, I don't. I don't really want to be with someone where that's literally the focus of how they identify themselves as. And I understand with certain things, you got to dive in, delve in literally who you are into it. But to me, it's going to show that you're going to put your job above a lot of things that I consider important. Things like that. Because I know myself, I don't put my, I will never put my career or job ahead of things I value and value is more important. And if you value your job and career as more important than anything, um, you know, if you would not, if there's absolutely, then you put yourself in a position where literally you ignore what you think, you ignore what you feel, and you ignore the oblivious BS that happens around you when you define yourself with a job. Like, you will ignore serious sexual harassment. You will ignore 
some obvious bullshit because you just ingrained yourself into this. And honestly, it's just kind of like people that identify themselves with a job specifically. Like, I understand it's who you are, and it's a big part of who you are, especially if you've worked really hard to get there. I respect that. But to me, it's like, all right, that doesn't that doesn't mean you necessarily have a lot of great other traits that I may look for, but that's just a personal thing. But yeah, I've acknowledged that going to, it's not really my thing. And I could have a master's and whatever, and it would not change how I look at myself. And I would never say, oh, well, like there was a video. Okay, here's a great example. There's a video of Bradley Martin, who's like a bodybuilder slash YouTuber. It's like a social media influencer. He's a pretty well-known guy. Bradley Martin, um, he was at like some, I think he was in Philadelphia. He was in Philly. He was at like some like local lunch it's like like that was having a lunch break joint whatever and there was a surgeon in there like the surgeon there and Bradley Martin was making video whatever and he was just interviewing people for or I think he was having like a meet and greet for you know his stuff you know his merch and products and himself toward I don't know and there was a surgeon in there and he was on camera he's like tell him like hey man what do you do and he's asking what he, he's like man and then he starts like you know, it was a respectful man-to-man interaction. It was actually very admirable. It was just two dudes respecting what each other does. Even though the surgeon literally was in... He's like... He basically explains he's in medical. He's been doing... He went to medical school for like 12 or 15 years. And he literally was at lunch in his scrubs with the mat. It looked like he was literally on lunch break. And he probably had like 40 minutes before he had to get back to work. Bradley Martin's there. And they were just talking. And some girl randomly interjects them because she felt like they were interfering with the line but of course that's not really what she brought up she went up to Bradley Martin who's a very famous influencer who seems like a genuine down there dude he doesn't seem full of himself or nothing just two dudes conversating enjoying talking to each other and this girl out of nowhere just says telling the surgeon why are you talking to this guy He, you're above him. Like, essentially saying you're above him. And he's like, well, I don't think anyone's above anyone, per se. She's like, no, because... And then she ran, like, he's just a YouTuber. You're a surgeon. He's like, that's great, but, you know, I respect what he does. He provides entertainment. He provides... On my, the few moments I get off in a day, I like watching entertainment. And sometimes his videos are stuff that I enjoy. And then she starts like going on this like classification rant saying, uh, you like me, I, she was saying, I have a master's degree. She kept repeating it. And you could tell like, she wasn't someone that's had a master's degree for like 10 years. She wasn't like 40 years old with a master's degree or nothing. You tell like she literally just got it. She was young. And she wasn't even in, and they even explained as she's going through, she's like, well, I don't, I don't have my uh, career yet, but I have the master's degree, so I'm going to have one. He's like, all right, that's great. He's like, but why does him being a surgeon and me being a YouTuber and a bodybuilder influencer, why can't two people just talk to each other 
especially when it's an enjoyable conversation. And she's saying, but no, he's he's educated. You're not educated. He's like, well, um, to learn marketing, to learn how to brand yourself, to learn how to make a living doing this, you have to educate yourself in some capacity. And the main thing I took away from it is people, people that identify themselves with their degree, with, with literally... They need a university's approval for their own self-esteem type of thing. And I, she was a glorification of an example for that. You start feeling a boost of self-esteem of yourself. And ego can be a good thing. Like, ego is, I think, actually a very good thing. It's very necessary to achieve really anything. But what that exposed about her was that she literally has this classification of she's above people type of mentality. And two dudes who are, by definition, more successful than her. Because the reality, and it kind of shows how fucked up the world is. Bradley Martin probably makes more in a year than that surgeon. Does the surgeon actually provide an actual needed service to the world compared to Bradley Martin? Of course. And you know, and in the video, Bradley Martin never said that he... He was never full. He never. He never once mentioned how much money he makes. He never once mentioned that he was better than anyone. Even her, when she was spewing her, you know, not like kind of class nonsense. And he just let her. He just let her talk, and he was just like respectfully. And the surgeon interjected and be like, "Well, no, no, you're wrong. Just because you have X, Y, and Z doesn't mean." People actually want to be around you. Doesn't actually mean your impact will be greater. A lot of people can have things. They can have a lot of money. They have very successful careers. And it does nothing but be self-serving. And this dude just probably worked like a 15-hour straight shift during the height of hospitals. Like, you know, still doing COVID, having to go through all these stepping stones. He's working at a very busy hospital in the inner city. Like, He's sitting there, like, reminding her, like, Bradley Martin probably is more successful than you, and you have your master's degree. But you notice how, like, non, for the most part, you know, you're going to get those people, you don't need college. It's like, no, that's idiotic. You don't need college if you have a game plan, and you actually know, and you have a belief in yourself that's reasonable, and... That actually has perishable uh, returns. Like, no one... You notice how people... Oh, they dropped out. It's like, yeah. All of them drop... Like, all the big college dropouts that people talk about. The Zuckerbergs, the Steve Jobs. They dropped out once things started kicking. Or once there was a glimpse of... Oh, there's something here. They didn't just drop out on a whim. That's the biggest misconception of all this dropout shit. Facebook was already pretty much starting to pop when Zuckerberg uh, dropped out. Uh, with Steve Jobs, he he literally would go to classes on... He would... Even when he wasn't enrolled in the colleges and shit, right? He literally would sneak into... He would literally sneak into classes. Like in Oregon or wherever he was. 
it may have been California, but he was sneaking to the local community college or just a local college. He was sneaking those classes, sit in the back, and just learn. So, and the common thing between all of them is they are, they are self-disciplined, self self-serving in a good way. Self-serving has a name, but they are self-serving in. No one needs to tell them to wake up and do what they need to do that day. No one needs to tell them to work that day. Like, they're self-motivated to get that. And, and just seeing that video, it was really, like, it was just kind of like a microcosm because we all know that person that literally will demean other people for not having their level of status. And... When other people have found a way to not go the traditional path to make a really good living for themselves and they're not doing and they're not doing legally. And then it kind of triggers them to me. It to me, from what I see, I think it triggers people that went the traditional route, got all the degrees and stuff they want to do. And now they're like starting their career, making salary and stuff. Then they see some some YouTuber that's making Five million a year off this, that, and the other, living in a bigger house than they'll probably ever live in. Now people say one's temporary, one's long lasting, one's not. It's like okay, that is pro- that is more than probably true. But when someone sees someone do an untraditional path to get the same wealth that they were promised doing their path, and they see someone who's not the highest educated. But somehow they're successful. They see, uh, they can see athletes who like baseball. Most baseball players are drafted out of high school, come from other countries, and they're drafted 17, 18. They're put through the minor league system and all that shit. Some are drafted out of college and stuff, but in baseball. And you got NFL, do a few years of college, go to the NFL. They probably have a degree, even though. For the most part, they didn't really have time to go to class degrees because of the crazy schedule that they had to do. But what this video showed me, and it was a microcosm of what I already believed, is that when people see the untraditional path that everyone said to not do for success, when when you followed exactly, you followed, you followed the college campuses, you followed the path, the traditional path that's I don't even use the word safe because there's nothing wrong with doing the safe. But when you followed a path and you were told your whole life, this is the only way to make in this world. This is the only way to make X amount of money. Because, and also, I don't care what people say, a lot of people don't do these high earning jobs per se if they weren't high earning. If you were told that doing, if being, for a lot of people, and this one you truly see what someone loves or not. I really do believe if it started tomorrow that, um, let's see, if it started tomorrow where the average median income, because this is stuff they teach you, they show you in high school, they will tell you things of median income for each thing. So they basically push people in direction that makes the most money because people don't want to spend hundreds of thousand dollars in colleges or going in debt and all that shit and they get a degree that doesn't pay it back. That's a waste. And not only is it a waste, you're going to put yourself in a bigger hole because you got to pay off something that you can't afford. Like, the only thing worse, like, 
going to college is probably going to college at all is not really the way to go. I would advise. I w- I wouldn't advise not going to college if. Let me make sure I say it clear. I wouldn't advise not going to college at all. But the only thing worse than not going to college at all is going to college, putting yourself in debt, and not even either getting a degree or getting a degree that you ever apply into the field and getting a degree that will not pay back. Because going into debt, when there's no foreseeable future to get out of it, is the scariest feeling. We're not talking about three, 4,000 debt for most people. We're talking about 10,000 minimum. Most people is like 30, 40, 50,000 right out of college. Some in the hundred thousands. That's much worse than just not going to college at all. Because at least if you don't go to college, you don't have debt and you just have to figure out some shit for yourself and find a way to make some of yourself and for yourself, you know. That's a, that's a scary thing to go down on. Like a cunnilingus. Except uh, this one will not slide out real quickly. White water. But uh, it's really, it can be really, really. That video with her, it was a glorification of someone that is so lost in what is considered success or not. And I think seeing Bradley Martin YouTuber, YouTuber basically social media, makes crap load of money off social media and stuff. And he didn't, I don't know if he went to college, but I doubt whatever he went to college for was for what he's doing now. I doubt it. And I'm pretty sure her seeing that triggers something. It's like, this person didn't do this, didn't do that, and somehow he's making more money than me. So I got to find a way to demean him. I got to find a way to bring him, quote, unquote, back down to earth, even though he's already down to earth. So when you try to bring someone back down to earth when they're already down to earth, you just make yourself look like a pompous bitch. And she's not a bitch, but in that moment and what she was talking about, she honestly was kind of being a bitch. And any objective person there or sees that video will think the same thing. Bradley Martin would acknowledge that a surgeon is much more important to society in the world than what he does. Not as an individual, but for what he does. Obviously, a physician, a surgeon, a doctor is much more feasible. Much more important to the grand scheme of things than being an internet personality. But you could tell that is the definition of someone who is triggered. Someone that can't stand that you can be successful in more than one way. And you would, ironically, you would think with someone who is that educated would understand that there are so many ways to make a living in this world. And the craziest part is people the highest education seem to struggle with that concept. Because people the highest educations, although they are much better off than without an education, I think sometimes when you get to a certain level, it's like people that are like the Elon Musk, the 
Steve Jobs, the highest, these Jeff Bezos, they become so disattached from, and I hate to use the term because it goes against that, but they become so disattached from, you know, normal people who are just, you know, regular people in a sense. They're not these 200 billionaire net worth people where because people that aren't that they have to deal with everyday real life stuff and not saying they deal they don't they probably deal with a lot of stuff that us you know regular people don't deal with but when you become so disattached from that you can understand why jeff bezos he literally this is his philosophy on employees which is why you know he probably makes the environment to make people want to quit because his philosophy is an employee should not work for you for more than three years. Because after three years, he's done the numbers, the analytics. After three years, their production slips. And once it's someone's with you for X amount of years, then you have to pay raise them. They get benefits and shit. And he's like, man, I don't want to do that. That's why he hates fucking unions. Not the only reason, but... There's a reason why if you talk about unions in the Amazon workplace, um, you're going to need more than a union. It's going to be like Kim Jong-un, North Korea. Best of luck to you. But his philosophy is he really believes that people are people that work for him and people that work in general are lazy. That's the way he views. He views people as just replaceable people. It's really like the NFL. It's really how like pro athletes are. They looked as when do you become when do, when your production slips, that's when oh we need you to take pay cuts. Oh, but you don't have to take the pay cut. But if you don't take a pay cut, we're gonna we're gonna cut you and you're not gonna get thirty million of this contract. So you either better take this pay cut this year so you can get as much money as you can out of this deal. We'll just cut you and we'll just give you a small settlement out of it. And you don't see 40% of the contract you signed and you thought you were going to get. Once we see the slightest bit of production slippage, if Jeff Bezos could, he would just cut your ass. And he can, but, you know, unemployment and shit like that is a little bit different in the regular workplace. So, that's where these high-functioning head of companies started from the bottom up, make it what they are. The Amazons, the Zuckerbergs, they don't, they don't look at their employees as equals. And it probably wouldn't be good for business if they did. But, the disconnect is just the lack of sometime human element and human compassion they can have. And it shows because they're getting all this flack for how they treat their employees and everything. And guess what? They could give two fucks. Because they know the how big they are now, how fucking huge, how, um, how important their service is. When you realize that your service is so damn important to the world that you are literally uncancelable... You were literally unfireable. Jeff Bezos is an unfireable position. I mean, it could be one of those situations where he could probably get removed from a company. 
But Amazon's still going to exist, and regardless, he's still going to get a percentage of some shit. He's still going to own that bitch. You know, he knows Amazon is the biggest distributor of every fucking thing in the world right now. Good luck taking Amazon out. Tesla is literally changing how everything is potentially working from vehicles, um, just whatever the fuck Tesla does. I don't even know what fucking Tesla does specifically. He's just a smart ass dude. Creating tunnels and shit, like, has a whole space station, like, and you say what you want, even though Facebook's probably not the most used thing in the world, they change, Facebook changed social media. Instagram is owned by Facebook. So even Facebook, not directly, it's Instagram. But yeah, that video with Bradley, we're an hour in. I'm going to uh, wrap it up here. So basically review today's episode. Um, saying what degree you have doesn't make your con- doesn't make your conversation, doesn't make your point any more palatable. It will probably actually weaken your argument because if you have to refer to a degree you have that is literally based off needing reaffirmation for passing stuff, um, then it's probably not going to strengthen whatever point yours, yours is. That's just the reality. Um, and the funniest part is when the surgeon is reminding her that Bradley Martin is very successful. And you notice how people that are like the highest of success and like billionaires, millionaires, they never reference their degree. They never reference your, their uh, education per se, unless I get asked specifically about it. They're not like, oh, yeah, I'm a master's in this. That's why I get paid 20 million a year off doing this. It's like, no, they're just. They just know who they are. They know what they provide. They don't need to reference a degree. And she kind of exposed that. She's someone that's always going to probably rely on reminding everyone what she has. And everyone's just going to be like, that's cool. You still suck at debating points. No degree can really teach you how to make your point stronger. But, yeah. Um, Alright, that was a Dirk Nowitzki special Dixon special edition um and remind and remember didn't talk about Dirk Nowitzki one time but that was episode 41 of the off and beat podcast with your host Clint uh remember to like and subscribe to the vid no one got to this point this was probably one of the most boring ones I've done yet and uh uh follow the IG even though I don't go on it follow my snappy um yeah and uh Suck some titties. Sounds just right. The circulation. The circulation. You're my ramification. Until you see, you know I be right there for you. But more importantly for me, because of my master's degree, I'll debate you in front of a Philly shop where there's a surgeon there and Bradley Martin that shop 
selling things that no one's gonna probably buy but i'll be damned if you don't want to sit there and remind everyone what you have and nobody cares you're not changing the world because nobody cares suck some titties all right have a great day